Indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, would the first dog to pee on Mars be temporarily the dog lord of the whole planet? Hi, America. <laughs> Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. My mother rang the incontinence hotline, and they asked her to please hold. <laughs> Welcome to the show. More questions than answers. The only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you've just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you've just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains. With the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. Each week we press our ear against the bedroom wall. Whatever my mother listens to before she goes to bed picks and pulls on her unconscious mind and that's the very tune. She now snores. Let's have a listen tonight. <laughs> hey, Jube. <laughs> Why am I here? <laughs> so snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights, and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and or value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So let me introduce my guests. Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. She's also our producer and sound engineer. When she was young, Heather used to think earwigs actually lived in your ears. Gross. So you can imagine her terrified <laughs> surprise when she discovered cockroaches. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Heather. Yeah. I had another Beatle-themed joke, but that was the lesser of two weevils. Uh, no. I also wish to introduce the man crazy, Michelle Corey. She was born and raised in Moira, Minnesota, and has a keen and avid interest in all things paranormal. 
Michelle once dated a dentist. He had a tiny round mirror on the ceiling over the bed. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Michelle. Oh, Thank you. When I was a child, I was terrified that I had worms. Then I discovered my mother was throwing dental floss down the toilet and not flushing. Oh. I also wish to bring on our show this evening, Dr. Nathan Bush is our resident attorney. And boy, Joe, do we need one. Yep. Nathan discovered this week that Tinder is for rookies. He now goes on to Facebook Marketplace and searches for wedding dresses. He found dozens of recently divorced women and he can filter them by size. Welcome to the show, Nathan. They're mad, they're bad, and they are paranormal. This is season three, episode 78. Last week, where were you, by the way? Last week was our 250th ever episode. We had a bit of a party. Mm -hmm. yeah. I will admit on air right now that things got away from me a little bit. Not me. I, they didn't get away from you, but then I'm driving the bus to a certain degree, aren't I? <laughs> With a group of naughty American school children behind me. <laughs> Let me just say it was a first in my broadcasting career that there was a moment when I looked up and Michelle, Nathan and Heather were all vomiting at the same time. So I'm glad I managed to keep the show together as best I could. It was very raucous in places, as one would expect for a celebratory 250th episode. But yes, I did witness the sight of the three of you vomiting all at the same time. I don't remember. Due to pain. Well, that doesn't surprise me in many respects. But... Due to playing Bertie Bott's Russian roulette with the Harry Potter jelly beans, I'm, I, I did very well. I got lemon, but uh, Michelle chose poorly. She again. Got, again. She got vomit. There was earwax and all kinds of terrible things. Yes, I witnessed three people vomiting in front of me. That's got to be worth a dollar of anyone's money. That if you wish to go to patreon.com and search for MQTA radio, the video very shortly will be I posted. That'll be the first one up. And uh, there's vomiting action in this. If you've got a wet stomach, probably you want to avoid the middle 10 minutes of that, of course. Yeah. There's currently a listening party taking place. We do this every week. We have five to 600 comments on Facebook. As the show is taking place, I'm about to leap into the round that we label as general lack of knowledge. And you can answer the questions for yourself. There's people sharing jokes. There's celebrations, all kinds of jivality. Almost wish I was there and not doing the show. So you can jump on Facebook right now. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. And a big shout out to our listening party. Thank you for everybody for contributing. After the show, we love going through all of that and seeing all of your comments. That really makes our Saturday mornings. Makes me very happy. You do that, don't you? No, I don't remember. You don't. You forget, do you? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Michelle does. My head hurts. Yes, I do. And then many other Both parts. Both of them. Both of them. My brains hurt. Both hemispheres. Wow. Left brain and right brain. Uh -huh. Perfect. So, without further ado, I'm introducing the round of general ignorance with the electric toothbrush, Martin's sponsored gong of infinite knowledge, the mouthwash of facts, and the go-between dental brushes of statistics. Stand back, ladies and gentlemen. Always. Martin. Very Thank you, Martin. impressive on this very day. In 1926, legendary rock and roll icon Chuck Berry was born in St. Louis, Missouri. Unfortunately, died fairly recently in 2017, but today his birthday. So wherever you are, Chuck Berry in the world, happy birthday to you. Famous, of course, for rollover Beethoven, rock and roll music, Johnny Be Good. No particular place to go. And Nathan's favourite, My Ding-A-Ling. Yes! <laughs> Feeling confidence for the very first time in the history of MQTA Radio. I cannot believe that strange, bizarre and fascinating facts about Charles Berry. 
Berry's childhood was characterised by racial segregation. He'd never seen a white person until the age of three. Can you believe such things? It's hard to imagine now, isn't it? When the fire department responded to a call in the black community where he was raised, why did he think the firefighters were white? And he expressed this to his dad at the time. But I would like you for your first points this evening. When Chuck Berry was three years old, he saw his first ever white person responding to a fire in the community. I need you to tell me what he thought the white people were. Oh, Miss Morris. Not burnt? Not burnt. Because it was a fire. That works. Yes, they were the ones. So he so was they weren't burnt. sooty? No. They weren't slightly crispy and charred. Right. I've been listening to What you're telling me is that they stuff. were raw and yeah, uncooked. that's right. Okay, well, that makes reasonable sense. Would you like to add anything to that, Michelle? Maybe they were from a storybook. He thought they were angels. from... Angels. They thought they were angels. Angels can only be white, apparently, can they? Despite the fact that they were conceived in the Middle East... Let's not go down the road of Jesus being an Arab with dark black curly hair. But you thought, he thought they were angels. Yeah. Come to put out the fire. I'm going to give Morris a couple of points here. Because I'm, I'm gonna, smart. Well, you've not nailed it fully on the head, but you're getting down the road a little bit further than Michelle. He thought they'd turned white from the fright of seeing the fire. Oh. He asked his dad, oh. had the firefighters turned white for fear of the fire? And uh, Chuck Berry's dad said they're white people, and they're white people during the day, and they're still white people in the evening, wow. <laughs> which was a reasonable response, I guess. A controlled fire, of course, is like a fart. It could turn bad when you least expect it. Oh, God. <laughs> Miss Morris has started the show with two rosy, slightly flammable points, but we progressed. Berry worked in construction and was a freelance photographer before he came famous. To get your points this evening you need to tell me what his degree was in and it's something you would not expect what did chuck berry home have a degree economics. in? what did he study and what what are you throwing into the venn diagram that is home that economics? that is sewing and cooking so sewing and cooking degree yeah so the place to go if you've torn your trousers or you want your sunday dinner yeah that's a great answer i like that answer michelle chuck berry what was his degree in any thoughts? Mechanical engineering. Mechanical engineering. Nathan, do you know who Chuck Berry is? Yes. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that out there. You're a cultural vacuum. Do I get three points? For knowing who Chuck Berry yeah. is. That's nice. very enthusiastic. I'll give you some points if you can tell me what his degree is. Biochemistry. Biochemistry. He was a hairdresser. He'd done hairdressing oh. and cosmetology. That comes in home economics. Would you believe? Cosmetology really no, doesn't come in home <laughs> economics. Wow. I was two years into my cosmetology school before I asked, when are we going to start learning about space? <laughs> Berry first undertook his famous duck walk dance with his guitar in 1956. Now, we can see him on the stage. Johnny B. Good. You see the way he's dancing along with his guitar. Very famous, of course, for his moves. And everyone responded in the audience very well. It went down extremely well. He got a standing ovation and he kept the duck walk, as it was called, 1956. But you need to tell me why he originally did it. His he shoes did didn't fit right. For a very good reason. <laughs> he had ill-fitting footwear. Yeah, he was trying to wiggle his toes. They were, they were squidgy. So he's halfway through. He can play a guitar just like yeah, a ring in a bell. It's it's between that and his sock was slipping. Oh, oh no, so you spread your out. chips. It's all 
paediatrics with you, isn't it? It's all yeah. feet. <laughs> Pedometry. Yeah. So you're suggesting anything from ill-fitting shoes. Like his toes were squidged. To bad socks. To bad socks. Anything else? Down. You want to um, add to that? Planters warts or ingrown toenails or... Cramp. Leg cramp. cramp. Leg cramp. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're working our way up the body, aren't we? Wow, what's next? Hemorrhoids? <laughs> I didn't say anything about that. Nah, he did a duck walk across the stage because he had hemorrhoids. <laughs> Michelle, what started the duck walk? There was a very good reason. He heard he, his back. He heard his back. That's a great, great answer. Any thoughts, Nathan? I'm sure I'm we're working in a... sciatica. Sciatica. There we go. You're in the same place <laughs> yeah. with that. It was, in fact, to hide the wrinkles in his rayon suit. So he, his what? suit was really badly wrinkled, <gasps> and he was embarrassed about being on stage. So that was originally done, because he's hiding pretty much behind that huge Gretsch guitar that he's got, isn't he? So that was done originally to hide... The wrinkles in his suit. Miss Morris, you're looking at me as if I'm mental. I think that's crazy. Just light a match to it. What, it say suit? What, make a... <laughs> oh, look, I've made a blazer. <laughs> now, on this day, in 1967, Disney released the film Jungle Book. Ooh. Fan of Jungle Book? Do we like Jungle Book? I didn't like that one. You wasn't so keen on that, even with the music. Miss mm-hmm. Morris, fan of Jungle Book? Mm-hmm. Lots of people... I'm saying of a slightly older generation would say that's their first ever trip to the cinema. First time I ever went to the cinema was to see Snow White. So Disney films do tend to be the go-to place. I know a lot of people that would say that was their first ever trip yeah, they'd taken to the cinema with, with their parents. Are you feeling confident then when I say for the very first time in the history of MQ TA Radio? I cannot believe that strange, bizarre and fascinating facts about Jungle Book. Why was the film important for Walt Disney? There's something very specific in the canon of history for Disney that that film was very, very important. Now, why would you think that is, Miss Morris? Mm. And specifically to Walt Disney. Specifically, he's in it. He's in it. Who does he play? One of the characters. He plays a monkey. (laughs) He plays a snake. King Louis. (laughs) Bagheera. Okay, you're just throwing random names at me now. Yeah, Raja. You can't just make stuff up. You're saying that Walt Disney had a starring role. In his own film. In his, like Alfred Hitchcock. Yes. Just in, like Stephen King. He was a voice actor in it, yes. Yes, he was just in the background. Why, Michelle, do you think this was an important film in the canon of Disney or Walt Disney? Any thoughts, any ideas why this is an important film for him? I think that... He loved Rudyard Kipling. He did say several times that the script was too dark. He also said the music was too dark and it had to be all rewritten. And it's important because he died during the making of Jungle Book and it was the very last film he had a say in and had a hand in. Wow. Before he sadly passed away. That's why that's an important film in the Oh, that was the answer? Of Disney. I'm 100% correct, Miss Morris. So he croaked? He's not dead. They froze his head. Yes. Yeah. Despite that, he's unable to participate (laughs) in such wonders like The Lion King, Pocahontas, or anything that's happened after his death. Unless they had it on a stick in some way it was able to blink. Do you like the way Pocahontas is going? Blink once for yes. Wow. He's still got his vocal cords, (laughs) even though his head is on a stick. Why was the dance scene for I Wanna Be Like You so important in the history of Disney films? This was one of the tracks that was the only only track that was left from the original score 
when Disney said this is way too dark, that was the only track that was left. They redid the whole lot, and that was the only original. Really? Absolutely. He he thought it was far too dark. Hmm. And he also asked the animators and the people that wrote the score and wrote the dialogue and everything else not to read Jungle Book by Roger Kipling. They were told specifically to keep away from it and not to read it. So I need to know why the dance scene for I Want to Be Like You was so important in terms of other Disney films, Miss Morris. Not a fan of Disney films here, I'm guessing. No, I am. I just wasn't a huge fan of... What do you like the best? You're a fan of Dumbo? No, the one I remember the most was, of course, Bambi. Bambi for you, wasn't it? Yeah, when the mom died, I cried and cried and cried. I'm sure you're not the only one. Michelle, any films that stick in your mind, fan of Disney, perhaps? Very much, yeah. Grew up with all I'm that. not a fan. I have to say that. Get out. I'm going to be the miserable, bitter, grumpy old Brit. In fact, I'm not a fan of Disney. Um, and I went to Disneyland. I had to do some filming in California about eight or nine years ago. I was in a show called My Real Ghost Story. And I flew out to L.A. to film that. And I got a day off. And I went around Disneyland. And I thought to myself, I'm going to go. I'm going to keep an open mind. But I don't like Disney. Not a fan. Don't watch the films. Don't like the way they warp history. Very saccharine, very veneered. Not a fan. But I thought, I'll keep an open mind. I went through the gates, paid my money, had the best time ever. Thought it was fantastic. Came out and thought it was the best thing ever. Still don't like Disney films, but I enjoyed my trip to Disneyland. So I'm stalling. I'm making you a bit of time here, Morris, to get the brains working there. The cog's going round. I've seen you squirt a can of WD-40 into your ear and a little earwig popped out. So, why is the dance scene for I Want to Be Like You so important in the history of Disney films? Because it was the first time that a human danced with an animal. The first time that a human danced with an animal. Yeah. I'd say Fantasia was a pretty decent film, though. Do you remember that? My parents went to see that, I think, when they were dating back in the day. Not the original one, because I don't think they were born at that point, necessarily. But certainly retrospectively. What do you think, Michelle? Any idea? It might have been... The longest dance scene? It was copied frame by frame in lots of other films, including Robin Hood, in what they call rotoscoping, when the animators trace over the frames of old footage and then use it in different environments. So the dance scene during Jungle Book has been transposed into lots of other animated films. Oh, I remember. They've just changed the characters and the environment, Mm. but it's pretty much just copying the movement and the tracing movement, yeah. the movements and it's been replicated the in choreography right of other films that's 100 percent correct miss morris we're having a very low scoring round here only yourself has managed <sighs> to pop their head above the parapet through knowing about mm-hmm. charles berry i saw an irish dancing show this week and it was called stream dance um, it's not as good as river dance but then it's only a tributary act oh god no no <laughs> no i need a drink <laughs> <laughs> On this day, Belgian muscle man Jean-Claude Van Damme was born in Brussels in 1960. Famous, of course, for the film's Double Impact, Kickboxer, No Retreat, Universal Soldiers, Expendables 2, and Street Fighter. So for the very first time in the history of MQTA Radio, I cannot believe that bizarre, strange, and fascinating fact about Jean-Claude Van Damme to win your points tonight. What profession did his father have? And you need to think of the least violent and least physical job that you could ever possibly... He was a baker. Imagine. So you're saying Jean-Claude Van Damme's dad was making buns in Brussels. Yes. Or bacon. 
Or you can't make bacon, can you? I mean, it's just... <laughs> making bacon. Making bacon. That would make him a butcher then, wouldn't it, at that point? <laughs> so you're going butcher, baker. Do you want to throw candlestick maker into that? Yes. Excellent. So you're going with either a butcher, a baker, or a candlestick maker. Yes. And that's your answer this evening. Michelle, what job did Jean-Claude Van Damme's father do? And you're thinking of the least physical, least kind of violent job you could possibly imagine. A kitten petter. Is that, is that a job that goes and pays well in Brussels? If you're yes. in Belgium, if you're in There's Ghent? very few. If you're in Ostend, you know, if you're somewhere in Bruges. Do they have Brussels sprouts in Brussels? No. <laughs> Anything else? Is this going back to cockroaches again? Just wondering. No, they do not. Were they just called sprouts there? Yes. They are, actually. Yes. Have a guess what they call English muffins in England. Have a wild stab in the dark. I have to say, Belgium, I'm going to defend Belgium. Belgium was the first country I ever visited. My grandparents took me to it as a very small child on a little ferry going Aww. across the English Channel. Mm-hmm. And we spent a day in Ostend. Famous, of course, for the soap opera Ostenders. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. I love Belgium. Bruges is fantastic. Medieval canals. They've got a, a church with a Michelangelo sculpture in it. The interesting thing about Belgium, and I love Belgian food, my favourite London restaurant. If I could take you all now into London, we'd go to Chalk Farm near Camden, and there's a place called Belgo's. And you can get a kilo of steamed mussels with various <gasps> different... There's lemongrass, there's Guinness, different types of broth with that. You get French fries or pommes frites, double fried pommes frites with mm. homemade mayonnaise. Wild boar sausages with stomp, which is Belgian mash. A wild berry jus. I mean, it's just a joy. They have 365 beers on their menu. Jupala, Lefe, Michelob. It's just a joy. That's Michelob to us Americans. Yes, but I'm... I'm adding a bit more phlegm to mine. The Flemish. <laughs> See how that works. Michelab. Michelab, the chicken swan. I went in Brussels to the Tintin Museum. That's a joy as well, I, I might have. Yep. Do you know of Tintin? Hergé's Adventures. Yeah, he's the one that has the coif. Yes, he's got a little ginger coif. A little dog. And a little Scotty dog with him called snowy maybe mm-hmm. i used to get those books out of the library when i was a kid my dad would take me to the library i'd run off into the children's section and come back with some tintin books so i'm going to defend belgium here nathan what do you think jean-claude van damme's dad did for a job rabbi he was a rabbi i do believe that jean-claude van damme's grandmother was jewish that's not a bad poke he was in fact a florist would you believe I just said, think of a job that was the least violent and least physical job you can do. But his dad I did. was, in fact, a florist. What, baker? Sausage Butcher. maker. Sausage maker. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of sausage makers in Belgium. They do love their sausage. They do. I've not even touched upon the waffle, have I? Let's face facts. And chocolate. Or, or Poirot, while we're on the subject. Oh, I love Poirot. There you mm. go. I was at the grocery store in the flower department, and this guy was picking out his own flowers, and he said to me, it's so crazy that you have to spend so much money on something that's just going to die. To which <laughs> I replied, yes, and you've got to buy them flowers. <laughs> <laughs> that was then. But this is now as we enter our favourite part of the show. It's the Melbourne. Yeah! We love the mailbag. Some people in the room love the mailbag more than others. Has anyone told him he's not getting paid for this? Has anyone mentioned that? 
a lot of our mailbag, and again, you can write to us if you wish to express your views. If you wish to write to us, you can do that on Facebook. Go to more questions than answers with Adrian Lee. I love reading out your comments. It really cheers me up. It makes my day to see all the positive comments on there. But a lot of these, of course, are based on our show, our 250th episode. Oh last. The madness, the messiness. I knew it was going to get messy. And was I did, it bad? I spent 25 minutes trying to open up a packet of jubes, if you remember. No. I've got a problem with my left <laughs> wrist right now. Oh. I did a, I, there's, a, there's a nice lady who's you know getting on in years. I'm not going to say she's old because that would be rude, but she's pressing on in years. And she lost her husband recently and she's moving into sheltered accommodation. And I thought I'd be a really nice guy and help her move house. Well, as I was pulling the mattress up the stairs, I managed to pull a ligament in my left wrist. Pop. It's ruined all my interests and hobbies and I couldn't get the jubes open. Likely excuse. That's what I'm sticking to. But <laughs> we have a listener called Robin in Wisconsin. Robin! Hi, Robin! Different Robin, but you can go Robin. Another Robin! Hey! Two Robins! <laughs> she posted, loved the show, laughed like crazy, and I wasn't even in bed yet. Yay! Get them before they get to bed. Mm-hmm. You can listen first, like Robin, on the Dark Matter Digital Network at 10 p.m. Central Time every Friday night. We have 100,000 listeners in 190 countries all over the world. If you remind me, Miss Morris, next week, let's read out those countries again, because we've not done that for a couple of months. And I like to keep abreast of who's listening to the show. Laurel added, good Lord, I laughed. I want that <laughs> yes. written on a T-shirt. That's all she's written, but that's good Lord, I laughed. Awesome. That's all that's required. For that needs to be on a gravestone. Yeah. Good Lord, I laughed. <laughs> I like it a lot. I laughed so hard I died. <laughs> that actually happened. If you get a chance, there was an amazing 1970s, very early 70s, sort of 72, 73. There was a comedy show with three gentlemen called The Goodies. And this was a huge show in the early 70s in Britain. Very surreal, very funny, almost of a kind of Monty Python ilk. So if you get a chance to look up The Goodies... But a gentleman did actually laugh himself to death and he died during one particular episode when there was a funny incident where a guy got hit on the head by a giant sausage whilst wearing a kilt. Two of the greatest comedy things together, a sausage and a kilt, right? And he laughed himself to death and his wife wrote to the goodies and said, I'm glad he went out that way. That's how he would have wanted. But they are famous for actually making someone die of laughing. If you get a chance on YouTube, obviously it's very dated, but look up the goodies would be my advice. Write us if you die from laughing from the show. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a psychic. If you can let me know, that'd be great. And also where the money's buried would yes. be very useful. Great. Jenny in London has posted, good luck. Hope it all goes well. That's a great achievement. That's your mom, isn't it? Yes, Love it you, is. Jenny. That's my mother. That is my mother. If you wish to listen to any of our shows, would you like to tell our fabulous and amazing listeners, Miss Morris, what they get if they decide to join us on Patreon on more questions than answers mqta radio if you go to patreon.com what can they expect to find when they arrive there you can expect to find early full episodes with a naughty not for your mother bits included as well as lots of videos and unreleased episodes and more secrets in the future as we move past halloweenus so for a single dollar you get to listen to the show first you get a round called Not For Your Mother. Would you like to describe what Not For Your Mother consists of? It's no of? day. 25 minutes of filth is what it is. And why do we have to do it in our archives, Miss Morris? We have to do it in our archives because um, if you're listening to us and your kids are around or your grandma or your dog or parakeet or parrot or... I bet you've had a cock or two, haven't you? <gasps> wow. Well, that's 
terrible. But uh, the Not For Your Mother segment is where we can be ourselves, let loose a little bit, because as we're searching the internet during the week, we run across stories that we probably shouldn't read to your typical public. Many people say it's their favorite part of the show, but that is available for you on Patreon if you find yep. MQTA Radio. But do not fear, this show is free. It will always be free. So you can access our archives and listen to the Not For Your Mother round. It's just going to be a couple of months behind you're everybody be else. But you can find that on SoundCloud.com if you search yep. for MQTA Radio. Mm-hmm. If you're listening on SoundCloud right now, why not press the little orange love heart? Show us how much you appreciate the show. Cut and paste the link. Tell the whole wide world on your social media that you're listening to the only paranormal news quiz show anywhere in the world. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, please leave us a five-star review. Stitcher, Tuning, Brussels Sprouts, Spotify, Gasbox. We're on so many platforms. If you can't find us in a technologically advanced society, ignorance is a choice. Ooh. Need that on a t-shirt, don't we, I guess? Yeah. That is 100% true. Lois, who supported the show, she gave us a wine once that was called Fistula, if you remember. Yes, She Lois. said, great show, guys, and thank you to everyone listening in Buffalo Lake there as well. Nicole, out in South Dakota, said, I can't wait to watch the video. So Miss Morris did say that's going to be imminent. Yeah. Elizabeth, great follower of the show. And Hi, Elizabeth. Hello. Hello. She has added, congratulations on 250. I want to thank you for all of the laughs and wish you 250 more. Cheers. Aww. Nice. That's a great thing to add. Now, Deanna has said, thank you for a great show tonight. It was awesome to step back in time with the jubes and with the (laughs) Harry Potter jelly beans. Congratulations again on 250 episodes. It was a blast to celebrate with you. you. Now, in the post this week, a box has arrived. Uh And this is Deanna again. She's a very good friend of the show. She sent us a Halloween box of goodies. And I'm going to read out a little note. She's written, Happy Halloweeners. Thank you all for creating a wonderful, hilarious show all year long. I wanted to show my appreciation to all of you by sending a little care package of treats. Aww. Have fun and safe Halloween. Sincerely, Deanna. That's Aww, fabulous, thank you. Very sweet. Now, we're going to break that open next week, but we have got a box. We have opened the box. There's all kinds of candies. There's some little squidgy toes we're going to have yes. those in a drink i've got a couple of boxes of candies here. there's one called a box of boogers so michelle it, next week boogers to us americans okay can you hear that next week there's a box called sour smog balls what's a smog ball we'll find out next week and we've got mm. a couple of uh, sodas a couple of pops that we can drink one of them is called unicorn bath and mm. one of them's called bug bath and oh. they're in very strange bizarre colors they do oh. have sediment in them so if you tune in to next week's show Michelle's going to be sick is what we're aiming for there. I've noticed over in that corner of the studio, we actually have a diabetic coma yes, sitting there. That's there. not a nice thing to say about Nathan. <laughs> no, we if still... he goes into a coma, take his watch. <laughs> we still have stuff what from uh, Martin. There's yes. some candy some floss. sodas there some yet Robin. to crack open. We need to have a party. I think we need to have a Halloween special next week. Oh, and God. just eat ourselves into a coma. Let's I'm go down. Hyperglycemic. We've got an hour to make it. Yeah. We'll see if we can make oh, that God. happen. You know how well I react to sugar, right? It doesn't affect me, does it, normally? I normally really? get away with that. Uh-huh. Yeah, you do. Now, if you're interested in my <laughs> books, we've got a, a lot of books out at the moment. If you want a Halloween ghostly read, Mysterious Minnesota or Mysterious Midwest, go onto Amazon or any good e-site. You'll find my books on there. And my latest book, Ghosts and UFOs, connecting paranormal 
phenomena through quantum physics is sold very well in the last few weeks if you get a chance to buy yourself a copy why not write a nice review for me on Amazon? Obviously, if you bought the book and you don't like it, don't write anything at all would be my advice. <laughs> In a couple of Tuesdays' time, do you remember we did a watch party for the Curse of Oak Island? Oh, yeah. They managed to scrape together more buttons, dirt, and various nails, and there is a watch party. We're going to watch this on the 5th of November. It's a Tuesday at 8pm Central Time. If you go on to more questions and answers with Adrian Lee, We've got another week to tell people about this, of course, but we are going to have a watch party of the Curse Please of Oak Island. Join us. This it's show's so bad oh. that the jokes... I don't end up watching the show. No. no. We actually break Facebook. So many people are commenting and making fun and jokes and gift wars that we actually break Facebook. You have two weeks to speed up your internet, upgrade your computer, and grab some booze. Defrag people. Defrag. Defrag. Get rid of your cash. Disc clean. Yeah, that's right. Kick the cookies out. <laughs> yep. Do you know this would just be like speaking Russian to my parents? You realize that? <laughs> I know that. Get that. Even in out. my own life five years ago, I wouldn't have known what any of this stuff is. I've barely got a grasp of it now. You need all that done before you watch with us. And I guarantee we'll probably be on there about an hour before the premiere, just testing the water. Excellent. If you want something to do on Halloween night on the 31st, I'm in Red Wing. I'm doing a ghost walk around the town of all the haunted buildings in Red Wing on the Minnesota-Wisconsin border. The Sheldon Theatre is then showing the original black and white Phantom of the Opera film and they've got a huge massive pipe organ and they're going to have an accompaniment to the silent film with the pipe organ and then Scott, my team leader in Duluth, is coming down and at the end of that at the end of the film, if you wish to buy a ticket, you can come on a paranormal investigation with us. We're going to stay in the auditorium and run some equipment. So on the 31st of October, which is the Thursday. If you wish to go on a ghost walk, you can do that. If you wish to watch the film in the amazing Art Nouveau Sheldon Theatre with a giant pipe organ, you're welcome to embrace that as well. And of course, there's a paranormal investigation and two more things. I was at MUFON last Saturday, MUFON of Minnesota. I gave a talk on UFOs and ghosts. It was the biggest turnout they said they've ever had. Now, the good news for everyone is this was professionally videoed by a camera crew and very shortly... That lecture is actually going to be on YouTube, and you can watch that for yourself. And in the middle of this week, I was in Onalaska, which is slightly north of La Crosse in Wisconsin. I was in the library there doing a lecture on art and symbolism in the cemetery, and that was very well attended. I want to thank everyone in the library of Onalaska for welcoming me and helping me to put that on. We had a great turnout for that. If you wish... For me to come and give a talk in your local library or local historical society, just ask them would be my advice. And I'll come along and make that happen. Heather's on two points. The rest of us are on a rather round duck egg because we know nothing of Chuck Berry, Jungle Book or Jean-Claude Van Damme. As we sprint into the first round, that is Ghosts and Hauntings. And remember, we don't do orbs. A psychic cat has consoled bereaved families at 100 funerals, even leading coffins down the aisle. Paddy, the funeral cat, seems to show up when he's most needed, with mourners astounded at the feline's sixth sense. You wouldn't want him to turn up at your front door, would you? You'd be like, go away, go, shoo. Gee, Paddy, go. Go away, Paddy. What do you think? <laughs> I've got another 10 years yet. What's wrong with you? When his owners, Christina Jones, 41, and Stuart Haig, 47, leave their home in Eastern Wirral to go to work, he heads off to nearby Mayfield's burial grounds. Staff of the cooperative funeral care home insist the eight-year-old Morning Moggy 
<laughs> knows when to turn up and often walks ahead of the coffin. Looking for bones, no less, I suspect. Yeah. With veterinarian nurse Jan McKinnon, 64, coming across Paddy when she lost her only daughter Mel to breast cancer back in May. Now the ginger tomcat has become part of the family after he paid his respects to animal-loving 36-year-old. Jan said, I met Paddy for the first time when I went into the funeral home to organise the day and staff told me about him. I am a registered veterinary nurse and so was Mel. She was a cat lover too, so I was hoping and praying on the day that Paddy would turn up. When he arrived, I was so happy, he came along and even sat in an empty chair to listen to the service. It was like it became even more of a special occasion, because he was there. His owners had no idea he led a double life, like most cat owners, I would suggest, attending more than a hundred funerals, and they only found out when they thought he'd gone missing. Stuart said we thought he'd gone missing a few years ago, when he didn't come home for five days, which was unusual. But when we put flyers around and we got a call from the funeral home and discovered he was a regular visitor there. You know they put food down for him and feed him. It's so heartwarming to hear what he gets up to during the day. He's such a lovely temperament, so it's nice to know that people who are really in need of a bit of affection and compassion are benefiting from Paddy's kind nature. Paddy the psychic cat, or I just don't believe that, you decide. Go to our Facebook site, more questions than answers, with... Adrian Lee, I shall give myself two points for being informative and a little bit fun. Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? Well, I had to find a story I was looking for. And you've lost it, haven't you? Nope, nope, got it. You found it. Panic yep. over. Panic's over. She's drowning in paperwork. I am, you have no idea. I like mean, the film Brazil, where Robert De Niro drowns in paper, the Terry Gilliam film. If you've never watched the film Brazil by Terry Gilliam, do yourself a favour. Go and watch it. Your eyes will love you forever. Why? It's one of the best films ever written and directed. The masterpiece. Why? Yeah. <laughs> it has escapism. It's dystopic. It's a very Orwellian. It has a great story. It's got Terry Payton. It's got some of the Monty Python crew in it. Christopher Price is one of the is lead actors. Is it a actors. comedy? It's a dark comedy. There's Ooh, moments of I'd dark like comedy. It. It's not laugh out loud funny, oh. but there's some dark comedy in there, of course. Well, are you ready? Absolutely. School is shut down over ghost scare in Ghana. Ghana, wow. I know. The decision to close the school was made after a ghost sighting sent several pupils into a state of mass hysteria. It's amazing how quickly pupils can get into mass hysteria, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I was a school teacher. It's amazing how quickly that can get away from you when there's 35 kids screaming in mass hysteria. Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. Clicking the lights. The That's good, great. The good old days. Yep. If it wasn't for the judge, I'd still be teaching. Wow. How to create mass hysteria in three easy steps. The peculiar series of events occurred at... Here we go. Fumbisi Senior High. Fumbisi... Fumbisi. Fumbisi. I can't help thinking that if you'd have just made it up and carried on. At the, at the Fumbasi school, well, there's not a single they, person listening to this show right now that would say, be. she's mispronounced that wrong. You don't know. My cousin went to that school. It's Fumbasi, not Fumbasi. You don't the know. The woman's mad. It's one of the most popular know. schools in Ghana. Oh, no one's going to pull you up. We could be friends on Facebook. Are you? Maybe. Uh-huh. I see where we are. <laughs> well, it's in the Upper East region. According to reports, a group of pupils had been studying late at night. 
when a strange object, which looked somewhat like a human with a form like that. That's a cross between Pakistani and Chinese, like so I'm going to go Bangladesh. Very much shoulders and waist. And you wondering slushy, Mr. Simpson? Thighs and big feet. Is anyone listening to the content anymore? Probably not. Suddenly appeared in the room with them. The teenagers were so spooked that they started to run terrified in all directions. In the chaos that ensued, 19 pupils collapsed, and one even jumped off a second-floor balcony. Now, that's funny. <laughs> Just people diving out of windows. <laughs> I must admit, my lessons were never that bad. <laughs> that's like some bad comedy How bad was your lessons? <laughs> three, right. three, I was talking about the early Italian Renaissance and existentialism, and three pupils jumped out the window. Yeah, sounds about right. One group went out and started pelting the housemistress bungalow with stones at 1 a.m. in the morning before moving on to the headmaster's bungalow and assaulting a night watchman because those crazy kids... <laughs> Several pupils ended up in hospital, and some are still thought to be there, maybe, but they don't really know where they're at. I didn't really know what was going on. Lost them, fell out the window. The funny thing is, sir, that I've lost my homework as well. Dog ate it, ghost ate it, whatever you want to say. Yes, my homework was eaten by a hellhound. I can only apologize. My parents have been summoning up evil again. (sighs) According to the information that we have, some of the girls have some attacks which look spiritual because I don't know you can't see it so it's individual so they have been rushed to the Sandima Sandman government hospital where they're sleeping very much sedated maybe I don't know anything to get out of double mass on a Thursday right (laughs) said superintendent Samuel I think that was I think you got away with it just keep going the school (laughs) has been closed down, and all the students have left campus because the ghosts, they scare them away. <laughs> like that. Wow. I, I'm struggling to work out what points to give you at this point. Was that... All of them. All of them. Are you going to get two? <laughs> Let's not get carried away, madam. That would be outrageous. Don't make me jump out the window. Wow. <laughs> Paranormal investigators have revealed the UK's most foul-mouthed haunted doll in a terrifying video. Ooh. The supposedly cursed artifact named Scarlet lives at the Haunted Objects Museum on the outskirts of Rotherham in South Yorkshire. How scary is that? I mean, living in South Yorkshire. Yorkshire. (laughs) I thought that's where that was going. (laughs) You've never been to South Yorkshire, have you? Had an idea. The museum's curators, Lee Steer and Lindsay Sheeran, picked her up from an anonymous donor in Lowestoft, Suffolk. Is their son Ed? Ed Sheeran. Could be. I'm just wondering. Well, he's from Norfolk, I believe. Or certainly Suffolk around Ipswich. Yeah, it could be. Could be a link. Related, a maybe. Around there. Well, you said you didn't know who Ed Sheeran was last week, so all of a sudden... I looked you... him up. Of course you did. So name one of his songs, then. I can't. Perfect. <laughs> and Lindsay, 43, says Scarlet's party piece is blurting out obscene four-letter swear words. Digital recorders that supposedly pick up utterings from beyond the grave to capture <laughs> the obscene language. Lindsay asked the doll, what's your real name? To which a voice thought to be the dolls appears to be, appears to reply, "You're effed. <laughs> You're effed. Get out of it, Ucha. Get out of it. Yeah. You're effed. Get out of it, Ucha. Ucha. 
Boy, she wants some. You almost need that recorded and put like one of those sound. Oh, well, you pull things. the cord. No, no, like you know when you sit on a toilet and then it makes a sound. Yeah. Like that. You know what I mean? Do you mind I'm working down here? Yeah. <laughs> Who turned off the light? <laughs> like a raggedy ant. When you pull the cord, it's like F off. Get out of it. Sounds like my favorite. Wow. In another, the doll was asked. Who are you more scared of? And again, Scarlet is believed to have replied, Lindsay. Lindsay believes the doll, which was donated to her by an elderly lady, is 100 years old. She said the lady who owns Scarlet contacted us because her health had deteriorated, and she blamed her ailments on the doll. She wanted rid of Scarlet, so we took her in. We're always recording audio and video around the objects in the museum, and the things we get from Scarlet are typically foul. Things like... F this or shut the F up. <laughs> it's like being married, isn't it? She's... Man, I want that doll. It's the funniest thing. And she's becoming one of our most cherished items in the museum. Restless soul or fake haunted doll. You decide. Go to our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. She sounds, she sounds like little Chucky that Michelle won't let come in the studio. No. There are many, no. many haunted no. and possessed dolls. It's her... Or me. <laughs> wow, there's an ultimatum. Yep. I'm actually considering that at this point. I know. Michelle, well, jump in and well, grab yourself some points. What have you got for me in the right. round of ghosts and hauntings? An Irish granddad pulled an incredible funeral prank as his grieving family gathered to bury him. Dublin dad of four and granddad of eight, Shay Bradley, left his family stunned when they heard him shouting, was that let me out? Yeah. Okay. From inside his coffin. Let me out. Let me out. Oh, he's Irish, isn't he? Yeah. He should be able to do that in an Irish accent. Let me you? out. Let me out. What's wrong with your people? Oh, Gabora. Oh, no. Top of the morning. It's almost bordering on racism. This is, I'm going to stop at this point. A video posted by Shay's daughter, Andrea, shows mourners standing by Shay's grave, readying themselves to say their last goodbyes when the music stops and a man calls out, Hello. Hello. Oh, no. <laughs> Followed by frantic knocking noises. Let me out. The granddad starts shouting, let me out. Wow. It's a pre-recorded message. Even pre-recorded? The, it, That's awesome. Even the, even the cat. I love this guy. Even the cat, Ryan. <laughs> as long as he didn't do the jack-in-the-box thing. And the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going back in the box. Well, on the side of the coffin, there's a handle like a betroller. You're turning it and suddenly bang. And granddad's upright. <laughs> Look at him. He's never looked better. God, no. It smells, it smells like a ripe brie. Oh, <laughs> what's wrong with you? Oh, you're cracking all the jokes and I come in at the end and it's, what's wrong with you? Outrageous. <laughs> there was a pre-recorded message being played through a speaker. <laughs> it's Derek in here. <laughs> the prankster adds on the recording. I can hear you. Is that the priest I can hear? I'm in the box. Can you hear that? <laughs> I have to say, your accent's fantastic. Thank Anyone you. have thought you'd have lived in Ireland? <laughs> the South Dublin native then serenades the crowd shortly before the video, which has gone viral, ends. Posting the video on Facebook, his son said, Me dad's dying wish, always the prankster. You got him good, Papa Bear, and gave us all a laugh just when we needed it the most. Wow. That's very oh, progressive, I isn't it? I want to do that. You want to record some messages. We'll stay in the studio tonight. You can record a few messages, and then when you pop off this mortal coil, we'll play them for your friends and family at your funeral. 
Sound like a good plan? That could be arranged, by the way. Just putting that out there. We know people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to jump to the round of the strange and the bizarre. Oh, yes. What? These are the stories from around the world. You can still read out some hauntings, but I've got some stories here that I want to read out. They're too good not to read out, but don't fit easily into any other category. Mm -hmm. Police are investigating the mysterious case of a flying fish. Oh. After a video has emerged, capturing it smashing through the windscreen of a car. Oh, wow. Knocking a motorcyclist over. The video, which has since gone viral after being watched by more than one million people in less than 24 hours, captured the dramatic moment. Car owner, Mrs. Wang, from Yubei (laughs) District in China. You're making your own jokes up. Everything happens, doesn't it, in Yubei District? Was it District? at night? Well, we're coming to that. Why, do you want a night, Wang? <laughs> no, Wang. did she chung? Yeah, did oh, she chung? Jeez. Do you know where Wang Chung comes from? <laughs> Outside every Tibetan Buddhist temple, there's a giant bell. And that bell, when you hit the bell, Whoa. resonates. And every frequency throughout the whole of nature is a single note. And that note is Wang Chang. That's where they got their name from. I said chung. You leave this show. You say chung, I say chang. Let's call the whole thing off. Oh, I thought you were holding the Chang, and that's what whacked the gong. I have no idea what any of that means, Me but for either. the sake of alacrity, I'll say yes, Miss Morris, <laughs> and carry on reading. Everything happens in Yubei District. Of Chongqing reported the incident to the police after finding a large dent and cracks in her windscreen. A dead fish measuring over 15 inches in length and weighing 4.4 pounds was found on the pavement next to Mrs. Wang's vehicle with some of the animal's entrails left on the woman's car. In the clip, cars are seen parked at the side of the road during the daytime. Suddenly, the fish enters the shot and bounces off the yellow car's windscreen and bonnet, instantly smashing it. Someone's using the toilet up in an aeroplane, haven't they? They flush the fish down the toilet. I think a fishmonger got rid of a bad catch. What, from an aeroplane? Look, here comes the flying fishmonger. Yeah. We're lucky we had yeah. him on these small islands in Qingdong province. If it wasn't for the boat plane, we wouldn't have any fish at all. Boat plane. <laughs> boat plane. Look, boys. It that, can happen. That there's that's one of them there boat planes, boy. Watch yourselves. <laughs> that's actually a line from Live and Let Die. We're um, quoting 007 see? as we live and breathe. One man turns around in shock after the incident unraveled. Officers inspecting CCTV camera footage from the Jinyu Road were surprised to see the fish appearing to fly into the frame from above before landing on Mrs. Wang's car, smashing the windscreen. Social media users guessed that the fish likely sprang from a kitchen window while being gutted. How many times have you tried to gut a fish? Fish gutting injuries. When fish gutting goes wrong. Yeah. How does it even make it across the street into the sky, falling from above? Did vertically. you just say, how did the fish cross the road <laughs> joke? No, I never, but we can embrace that to prove to the raccoon that it was possible. Oh. Flying no. carp, or you're having a lark. You decide to oh. go to our Facebook Mm-mm. site, more questions and no. answers. With Adrian Lee, I should give myself of course you two slippery poisson points. Miss Morris, what have you got now? Any round you want, pick, pick, pick a, round. a round. Your choice. Pick a round. How about I ask Chef's you? Chef's choice. I'm going to ask you because I don't know if we've done this story before. Did we ever talk about Wrinkles the Clown? No. No. Every wrinkle's an inch, matter. Well, then we'll do that. Wrinkles. And we'll save the Chinese UFO. We may have time later. for Chinese UFOs. All right. Mr. Winkle. No, Wrinkle. I'm sorry. Mr. Giggles the Clown. Everybody knows clowns can be scary. 
but what about one hired out by parents to spook their own kids, you naughty little God, you could leave I people like scarred for life, couldn't you? Perfect. You could. It's like Krampus, isn't it? When the kids scream. I love Krampus. Krampus is awesome. I'm Krampus' Austrian girlfriend. pedophiles go running through the streets molesting 12-year-olds. With Brussels sprouts in their bags. That's right, in a bag. <laughs> Krampus' girlfriend. Lovely. There's nothing worse than being molested by a bag of Brussels sprouts on the outskirts of Innsbruck, is there? Nothing worse. Probably not. No, you've got a very vivid imagination. <laughs> Wrinkles the Clown is a new online documentary about a U.S. urban legend of the same name, sparked by a series or a series of viral videos of an apparently real-life Pennywise. Did you know about him? I did not. In 2014, a YouTube page titled HVU. S-E-E-N, or Have You Seen Wrinkles, posted security camera footage of a child sleeping in their room, quietly tucked in, Creepy. before a clown silently emerges from under their bed. Oh, dear God. And destroys the footage. So he crawls out from under the bed while the kid's sleeping, wow. destroys the camera, and God knows what he did to the kid. According to the description of the video was supposedly shot in Sarasota, Florida. Florida! Yay, Florida! I was half asleep then. Didn't even <laughs> yeah, recognize the fact. <laughs> I was still thinking of boat planes. Yeah, boat planes. I was away in Brussels sprouts. Bro- bags of Brussels sprouts. <laughs> um, that was actually one of the earliest sightings of Wrinkles the Clown. The clip has been viewed more than 900,000 times. And as Wrinkles' popularity as an urban legend grew, more sightings were shared on social media. So he has been popping up all over because he's a funny guy. He can typically be seen wearing a red and white polka dot suit with black gloves and a white mask with black eye holes. Lovely. Eye holes! Where you can see into his soul. And receding white hair. His horrifying appearance is not what you would expect from a children's party clown, but the legend claims some parents haven't actually invited him into their lives for a different reason. For a few hundred dollars, Wrinkles will apparently make an appearance... At a social event, prank your friends, come into a studio while you record a podcast. Oh, Can you imagine? God. Get him to stand at an intersection in Wisconsin <laughs> or just, or like on a Tuesday night smoking a cigarette. Or just quietly stand in a corner. Of the room. Oh, God, can you imagine yeah. putting an actor in a creepy clown costume under your kid's bed? I mean, you could... That's, that's serious, serious Apparently, problems, that child. Apparently, he will just come in and hold a bunch of balloons and just stand there and, that's and stare. That's even worse. Do you and not the move. Scene? Do you remember that's in Monsters, Inc., when bad. Sally just <laughs> smiles next to the kid and the kid goes bad. nuts? That's almost worse. <laughs> have I got time to squeeze one more in or have I got to wind it up, Miss Morris? Uh, how quick is it? It's a long one. No, <laughs> you don't. But that means I... I've got to say my intro slowly while all good things come to Or end. I could do this one quick, in get a it minute. In. Get it in, Morris. Do it. Okay, I'm going to do it really quick. Eerie footage emerged of a water monster swimming past a huge hydroelectric dam. Prepare yourselves. Did they do a damn tour, do you think? Yes, they did. <laughs> Best and damn it, tour. And it was Ever. damn good. <laughs> Residents near the huge Three Georges Dam in East China were left Here baffled we when they saw a black object slithering through the water surface. They said the suspected monster is about 20 meter, or oh. 60 feet long, and moves like a snake just feet away from the riverbanks. Others said that they saw the same creature near the 
Yangtze River in Yaiching, in, yes, in yeah, central China's Hubei province on Sunday. Professor Wang Chunfeng oh, from Huzong Kong Agriculture. Agricultural University told pair video that it could be a water snake. Nice. She said, it's a definitely not a water monster. Oh could be submarine animals Sub that, submarine have been, animals. that have been living under the water for many years and need to breathe. I cannot tell what it is exactly as only a little of the snake thing it's almost like you're there, isn't it? above the water line <laughs> but <laughs> it moves like a snake like this is slivering that works well on the radio doesn't it when you do the movements it should yeah. be <laughs> some sort of reptile maybe maybe so he's just guessing at this point isn't and he? more likely to be a water snake or sushi Mm. Water snake or sushi. Mm, sushi. Workers at the nearby Junkinkau <laughs> Pier told Pear Video that it was not a water monster, but a pile of rubber band. Pile and of rubber bands. Well, that's 60 yeah. meters long. That's one old rubber band, is <laughs> that? Rubber they, band. they said, Hey, y'all, prepare yourself. <laughs> it's a rubber band. An abandoned... It's the world's largest rubber band. A rubber band. It's a dump in the water. The rubber band is used to build inflatable boat. So there's a 60... Inflatable boat? <laughs> it's wrapped together. Boat plane. <laughs> With a boat plane. It's, it's, to launch, it's to launch a boat plane, isn't it? Like it's, they do an aircraft carrier. It's a wrapped in together with a canvas... I can believe it must have drifted it's all the, the way. Uh, it's the elastic from on Morris's pants. Yahtzee River. Yahtzee. Yahtzee. Wow. Large black water snake, oh, for Christ's sake. You decide. Go to my Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. We're now into the round that we call Not For Your Mother, which means that you've been able to find us on one of our platforms, which is remarkable when we don't actually call them by any of the names they should be. So thank you for working that out and using your Sherlock Holmes detection. It's very kind of you. Why not cut and paste the link that you're listening on now to your social media and tell the whole wide world that you're listening for the Not For Your Mother round on the only paranormal yeah. quiz show anywhere in the world. This is a round we cannot do on air for fear of being removed. But as we're searching for stories of the paranormal throughout our social media and websites, we find stories of a sexual nature naughty so naughty very. filthy dirty dirty and so here's our chance to read them out without getting into trouble see if your mother's in the room if she's of a nervous disposition if there's small miners running around you're probably snow white but why not kick them out the door yeah and listen to the filth you have been warned a stash of sex toys have been found dumped by a roadside who would Ooh. do such a thing in somerset Oh. I can't believe it. Creating a bit of a buzz in the town. That's hilarious. <laughs> to who they belong to. The problem with that is, if it was a whole bag full, it's that massive. had to be worth a lot of money. There was many. There, I mean, there was literally... Multiple. There was, there was a lot. I mean, I want to say tens, you know. there was uh, a, Tens of tens? Tens of tens. Tens of tens dongs? Yes. There I were, there were, them. there was a lot. I mean, armfuls is, you know, there was. I would have multiple choices. 
Well, we wouldn't see you for second hand. I'd look like Quagmire coming out of his house on Family. Did I see Morris just go into O'Reilly's to buy a car battery? Jumper cables. That's right. You're sat there with the lights dimming in the block. Someone's want, drinking the juice tonight. I want to become an influencer. Someone at the power station's <laughs> had to throw a lever to feed more juice into the block. <laughs> the array of colourful items were scattered outside a bank in Bridgewater, with locals taking to Facebook to share their shop. Richard Lees took a picture of the abandoned toys, but unsurprisingly, no one has come forward to claim the missing property although they are looking for two hardened criminals. <laughs> no. Nope. <sighs> Doesn't work. There are up to ten vibrators discovered in the find, along with some rather large rabbits that were not of the furry variety. Ooh. I know what they are. On the local newspaper Facebook page, it seemed that people were more interested in the quality of the paper bag they'd been used to hold the plastic toys. Hefty. Yes, it was a very industrial-sized... Would you like plastic or paper, sir? It was definitely... We don't get that choice in Britain. Paper no. bags do not exist. You do not have that choice. Plastic bags or nothing. There is no paper. Oh, you don't have paper? No. And Just to, plastic? That's correct. And you have to pay for them. And you have to pay for them, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's like five pence a bag. This is 100% true. When I came over here for the first time and they said paper or plastic, I had no idea what they were talking about. I mean, paper bags are ridiculous. They don't even have any handles. Yes, they supposed to do. Carry them? In a separate sex toy-related incident, because there's been more than one this week, oh. a man was lost for words when he threw a stick and his dog came back with a dildo in its mouth. This is happening a lot. And where do I get the dogs? Does that mean that there's a woman somewhere using a stick? <laughs> To make it worse, security guard Glenn Pinion, 44, only realised that the 8.5-inch plaything was in Steve the English Bull Terrier's shops. Steve the the Bull Terrier. God, Steve. Try and take it off of him. You can have it. He only realised that he had this in his chops when he went past a pub on his way home. He said there was a group of lads having a drink outside. They started laughing and pointing. I had a closer look and realised it wasn't a stick, but a great big floppy rubber penis, and he wouldn't give it up. It's like a tug of war. I don't understand Once how he jaws, would notice. Once the jaws lock on an English bull terrier, you're, you're done. You're not nope, getting that Nope, not out. coming off. Nope, you can literally pick it up you yeah. know, by the penis, and the dog's <laughs> not falling off now. He said, I broke into a jog to get home as quickly as possible. So now the dog's running... And it's flopping on either side as he's running, like like, a, like you do the trick with the bendy pencil. Yeah. Wow. A large bag of fun, or if you call, I'll come. You decide. <laughs> Go to our Facebook site, more questions and answers. Drink. With another one, yeah. with Adrian Lee. What have you got for me tonight, Michelle Corrie, oh. in the round of Not For Your Mother? I have another vaginal PSA. You seem to have a lot of vaginal stories, don't I do. you? I have the penis ones. You have the vaginal ones. Yep. Everybody's happy. Why do you keep sticking stuff up there? Well, guess what it is this <laughs> I'm time. I'm not doing anything. Broccoli? No. Broccoli? <laughs> I love broccoli. Wow. Not anymore. Cauliflower? Nope. That's one of the worst places of cauliflower places. vagina I've ever seen. <laughs> Those places of cauliflower. Let me, you need some cheese on that. 
From vaginal steaming to labiaplasty, some women are willing to go to extremes to attain the perfect vagina. And just when you think you've heard it all, another bizarre DIY method emerges. Gravy, gravy granules. Nope. Oh, I thought you were going to say gravy boat. <laughs> so cute. Where's my gravy boat gone? <laughs> How many times in your life have you ever Wait used a, minute. a gravy boat? <laughs> Never I bet you don't even own one, do you? <laughs> I used to. <laughs> it disappeared. <laughs> More gravy, Michelle. <laughs> Think- a minute. <laughs> Thanksgiving is not going to be the same. <laughs> Minnesotan girls love gravy. Yeah. <laughs> I need that on a t-shirt. Minnesotan girls love gravy. It's oh, perfect. Great. Now, ladies are apparently putting... Here we go. What have you got? Oh, toothpaste. Toothpaste. The whitening or? No, it's for gingivitis. (laughs) (laughs) Look at her gums. No wonder her teeth have fallen out. (laughs) Terrible. It's not right. On their genitals to try and tighten their vaginas. Wow. That does it. Because it does exactly that to your mouth, doesn't it? You clean your teeth and you're like, you can't speak. You know, I'm going to go back. A long time ago, and that reminds me, because I was thinking, okay, toothpaste, this is how my mind works, right? Yeah. Okay, so we've got the toothpaste, and then you've got the toothpaste with the sprinkles. Do you remember the sprinkles in the toothpaste? No. Yeah, I remember that too. And so I was thinking about that, and then I was thinking about one of our very first stories, probably within, I'm sure one of our fans will tell us, in the first season, maybe episodes 1 through 13, and we were talking about the granny who had the vajazzled vagina and she was like 70 ish she was grand remember yes she had glitter in her eye this is true no she like did it up like Ooh, with jewels fancy well we saw one didn't we where a woman <laughs> what? Up. we saw what <laughs> some woman had done us up to look like a beef burger She'd push some lettuce in there and a bit of tomato and put sesame seeds all around. Do you know, I don't remember that. It was a whopper. What are you talking about? (laughs) Because I don't remember that, Michelle. Yeah, surely you remember, Michelle. You have to remember. Nathan, you were there. It looks um, exactly like a whopper. Would you like another shovel for the hole that you've <laughs> yeah, dug definitely. yourself? Keep on One of our digging. listeners will definitely find the whopper story. <laughs> la, 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 la. I'm loving it. It's true. <laughs> really? Do you want fries with that? Are they making black ones this year? No, they had to give up on that because black ones, the Halloween whopper, which was black, and we did try it on the we show. We did had the side effect of making our number twos the following day come out fluorescent bright green like we've just taken Kermit Frog and his cousin and all his friends to the pool. No. I rushed to the doctors. I had a colonoscopy on the back of that. I thought I had problems with my back entrance. Honestly, it was slimy and green. It was terrible. What are we talking about your excrement for? Michelle brought it up. She wanted to know if they're doing we the Halloween We went to whopper. your beef burger and excrement, and I'm all talking about a disco ball, vajazzled vagina. I'm just saying we had one year, we tried for the purposes of the radio show, because, you know, this is yeah. a public information service, mm-hmm. yes. and we had the black bum whopper. I'm just saying that the following day... It was fluorescent green. You could have, I could have I gone know. out in the darkness, spread it out on a field, and aeroplanes would have landed. I didn't, oh. I didn't have such issues, and I had mine with heavy pickle, heavy mayo, known tomato. It was the bun rather than the filling, I would suggest. Was it? 
Yes, it was the Black oh, Bun. Oh, yeah, Black Bun. Black Bun. There is a Sesame story in there trying to get out, though, Michelle. Unsurprisingly, doctors are warning them that it's a really, really bad idea. Yes. And could do some nasty damage. All the plaques cleared up, though. <laughs> Vanessa oh. McKay, consultant gynecologist and spokesperson at the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, says it's a myth that toothpaste will tighten the vagina. It's a myth. Putting toothpaste in the vagina or on the vulva would not only be uncomfortable, but it could also cause serious damage and disrupt the natural flora of the vagina. You need in between dental brushes, I'm led to believe. I guess so. Leading to the potential for infections like bacterial vaginosis and thrush. Would What's you use... a thrush? I think you should use someone else's toothbrush and then put it back in. That's well, what what are saying. you supposed to do with the teeth? I have no idea what goes on down there. <laughs> I don't even know how you're applying it. There. You're rubbing it in. And you, I mean, what are you doing with it down there? I think they're rubbing it they're on rubbing there. They're rubbing it on, are they? Or they're sticking it all the way in there. Oh, no. You don't squirt the tube in there. Sure you do. That's what's happening. They're this tightening is where their we are. vagina. Jeez. Just do Kegels. Well, that's what you're supposed to do. In wow. lieu of toothpaste. In See? Toothpaste. To cut it all short, don't put toothpaste in there. Do some kegels. I think if you went yeah. to Costco's or Sam's Club, you could probably get yourself a decent-sized six-pack of Colgate, and that'll probably see you right for the rest of the year. You're not Boston. I was at a rummage sale recently, and someone was selling a kegler. I don't know what that is. Is that like beads or something? No, it's a thing what you put between... And you'd squish it with right. your thighs. Okay. No, that's Thigh Master. That was sold by Suzanne Summers. Well, how does a Kegel work? Kegel muscles. Here's another PSA. Are you listening, Nathan? You're leaving this show with more than your arrival, aren't you? Nathan's <laughs> big eyes. He sat there like, do you know those photographs you see of the soldiers in the trenches? during the? He's got a thousand yards stare. Look yeah. at him. He just needs a helmet. I notice he's taking notes. <laughs> Well, if you need to work on your Kegel muscles, what I've been told and what I've been practicing for years is that what you have to do is you actually stop your urinary flow in yeah. the middle. Yeah. A lot. A lot. Okay. But I've talked to... So it to comes out like a dotted line, like you're cutting out a coupon. You can well, you do, hold it for a while. You can do Morris code. Oh, with Morris your... code. <laughs> Lovely. I'm going to patent that. Yeah, yeah I'm going to make money. Um, but I was told by a, a guy, usually guys can't really stop. They just get to the end of their flow. I can't stop. Can you stop, Nathan? Once you've started, you're done, aren't you? Yeah, you've got to... Once you start, once you break the seal... You're committed. I can't. We can't stop. You can't. See, can't, that doesn't make sense to me. I can't speak for every man, but once I've started, mm -hmm. I'm there for the duration. There's no stopping that. Hmm. Like, if I get distracted yeah. by something, I mean, I, it's off. Literally. So, if you're in the woods and suddenly a cow pokes its head through a fence and goes... Yeah, it's like squirrel. Ooh, yeah, look ooh, at that. Hey. Okay, I'm done now. Really? I'll start again later. I just didn't think she should be selling a used one. No, that would be bad. Used what? I bet she sold Kegel it, Kegel machine. Oh, I thought you meant toothpaste. No. Well, that too, oh, but... Geez. I managed to get most of it back in the... Tube. Tube. Oh, <laughs> Just put it in a butter dish. Yeah. Wow, in a gravy boat. <laughs> Good times. Sex robots with inbuilt consent modules that can turn down their owners are coming soon. Surely most people... 
end up buying the very expensive sex robots because real women have turned them down. The last thing you want for your ego is your blow-up doll to then say, I'm not interested tonight. I've, I've got a headache. My mother told me not to marry you. Do you know, I was actually thinking about that, and I thought, you're exactly right. But then, just sitting here now, I thought, you know what? Some people might be interested in that because they can treat it as a uh, almost like a 3D video game. They have to do certain things in order to get some sort of payoff. Oh, you have to rub the chest for about 10 minutes and then you have to yeah it it's, it's and... like you know like when you're playing super Four mario play. brothers you know a a b a c will get you into level eight wow i wonder what level eight is on a sex doll <laughs> <laughs> that's the toothpaste level gravy boat the Good gravy God. boat i want level. the gravy boat level gravy boat plane <laughs> lovely sex robots which can turn down their owners be withholding consent by the way the type of person that would buy a sex robot, if the sex robot then said, I'm not interested tonight, what do you think's happening next? Oh, you see what yeah, I, I don't yeah. like okay. that. They should be designed next, experts have said. University researchers in Australia and the Netherlands, that's an odd combination, isn't it? Dutch and Australian. Yeah. Have said in a report that sex dolls with inbuilt consent modules would be able to teach owners about sex education. No. The report published in the International Journal of Social Robotics, which is never far from my coffee table, yes. uh, the centre spread uh, this this uh, month was particularly interesting. Sexy. Examined four areas, virtue ethics and social robotics, contra-instrumentationalist accounts, that's exciting, isn't it, when you're talking about sex robots, and consent practiced through sex robots and implications of virtuous sex robots. In the report... The authors argue that sex robots can make humans more virtuous, either by exhibiting virtuous behaviour or by nudging human behaviour directly. Isn't it a sad state of affairs that a sex robot has got to teach humans about virtue and asking and being nice and being polite? Yeah. That's outrageous. And by the way, do you remember I read a story out probably a year ago now about a brothel that had opened solely for sex robots. Yes. And the yes. guy said that every other day they're broken because the men that go in there and use them abuse them so badly that they come out of there and like their arms are hanging off and their legs are broken and things are twisted and busted up. And there, there's actually a uh, company that makes money by fixing said yes. expensive robots. But then I think to myself... You could go that route, and all those dolls getting ruined that way. I would rather that. Oh yeah. Than what they could be doing oh, outside yeah. of that. I mean, we're going to bring things to a much darker place now. But I know people that work in uh, therapy in hospitals, and they will give objects like this to people that may offend. A hundred percent true. The pair claims sex robots could easily have a consent mode built in to stop unwanted behavioural patterns. But they admit that verbal consent does not necessarily mean that a partner is freely engaging in sex. They also call for using a compassion-cultivated sex robot to teach teenagers about sex education. Or a sex ed teacher could teach them, or their parents. Yeah, they don't We've do that We've now got to the school. stage where a sex robot has got to teach kids about sex education. All you get is a banana and a condom. When yep. I was a school teacher, I was teaching art and history, but I had a, a form. I had a group of students that I took from the youngest age through to the point they left school. And your 
pastoral care. I knew those kids incredibly well. I knew all their parents that were in my tutor group. And there were times when I was asked to give sex ed lessons. And you had a box that you'd go and collect from the school nurse. And it had all manner of strange and bizarre things. Things that looked like Chinese puzzles and giant rubber bands. And they were telling me. The kids were telling me what they all were. The kids were 14 and telling me how to use them and what they were was a remarkable thing. Bearing in mind I'd already spent six years at art college in London and sang in a rock band. There was 14-year-old kids telling me what some of that stuff was. Incredible. Remarkable times. No robotic love or heavens above. You decide. Go to our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Michelle Corrie, you've got one more for me in your little pile there. In I the do. For your mother. With Halloween just around the corner, shoppers have been flocking to the likes of Home Bargains to snap up some bargain decorations and fancy dress costumes. But social media users were left in hysterics this morning after claiming a 99p fake latex scar looked a lot like something else oh my yeah so this is like the sort of scar you'd buy in a halloween joke shop and it's a prosthetic but it looks like a slit throat is that right like someone's cut themselves and it looks like something else doesn't yes. it yes wow. arby's <laughs> we have the meat Meats. <laughs> lovely i've got the meat sweats dying yeah you do <laughs> Talking to the Extreme Couponing and Bargains group on Facebook, a woman wrote, Latex scar wound 99p at Home Bargains. That's not a bad price, actually, for a latex scar, is it? It was also accompanied by a cheeky emoji. And within minutes, other members of the group took to the comments section to say it looked a lot more like a vagina. Actually, it looks more like a vulva, but... What, a Swedish car? Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. So a stretch valve is a limousine, is it? It is. Nice. So you leave this show with more than you arrive with. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. One wrote, until I read Scar, I thought it was something totally different. Another commented, oh dear, that's not what I thought it looked like when scrolling past. One more polite member of the group said, not sure if anybody said this, but it looks like a lady part. Well, They've not... seen some bloody old lady parts then, I might add. Yeah, sad. Because I've seen this, sad. and whichever way you look at it, it looks like a slit throat. Okay. Kind of. It'd be a bad day for me if you kind of, you know, you're in the bedroom and it's your first date and you're kind of... And no, you're, you're looking, don't. Yeah, no, that would be a no, bad, stop right there. bad day no, for everyone. No. Yep. Bad day. Bad day. Bad day. While another wrote, did anyone else see a vagina first? It took to the comment section to joke, looks like it's that time of month again. Yikes. Ish. What, Halloween? <laughs> For buying costumes and Halloween makeup. Nice. I wasn't being rude. Another said the designers hadn't thought it through, while one agreed, writing, what were the people thinking? What were they thinking? Honest to God. Yeah. Wow. Halloween vagina scar or a bridge too far? You decide. Vagina. Go to our Facebook site. You will see the prosthetic Halloween scar for yourself. Miss Morris, you have the very last story in the round the week. Not for your mother. Make it a good one. All right. Just for you and you and you and you. For everyone. This is for everybody. Your philanthropy knows no bounds, does it? It doesn't. It doesn't. A mom of three has joked how invisible tit lifters turned her from Daisy the cow. That's a TV show, isn't it? I've seen that TV show. (laughs) The invisible tit lifters. That's got those twins in it, the two brothers, right? Yeah. The invisible tit lifters. 
Yeah. That's, on, that's, on that's the gonna be our band. <laughs> Yay! Welcome onto stage, the Invisible Tillifters. Invisible Tillifters. Oh, can we get a T-shirt? Please. <laughs> and you need to start practicing the drums. Uh, well, it's turned her from Daisy the cow into Pamela Anderson within minutes. Oh, and it gave her hepatitis A through to C. Oh. Controversial. Laura Mazza purchased the rabbit shaped stickers to wear under a low cut top for a night out after admitting her boobs. Resemble tennis balls in old socks. Oh, jeez. Having breastfed three you children. Have, hang on a second. Is that how David brought Goliath down, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. What do they call those things? Uh, a slingshot. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Um, I don't remember. The Melbourne resident had high hopes the product would give her the boost she desired after seeing rave reviews and videos online like Facebook and Amazon and blah, blah, blah. And after applying them to her meatless, lost Ooh. dreams of hope, my boobs. Meatless? Yes. She felt like a new woman, even comparing herself to Baywatch stunner Pam. But an hour into wearing them, Laura found herself in a sticky situation. After one slipped off, leaving her with a Willy Wonka chest. (laughs) (laughs) The 33-year-old, who has since gained an army of fans after sharing a brutally honest review, added that the titlifters pinged out at a taxi driver. Took his eyes straight out. He's now lacking depth perception. Recalling her Ruining ordeal. Ruining his taxi driving business forever. Recalling her ordeal, she said, I got the delivery to peel off the protective layer and lift up my meatless lost dreams of hope. You know, my boobs. And apply the tit bunnies to both. After ironing some wrinkles, wish I was joking because they were really there. They held up. Mm-hmm. They seemed to work. I went Which from part of Australia is this? Daisy, no, Southern. Southern. Okay, Southern they seemed to work. I went from Daisy the Cow to Pamela Anderson in a matter of minutes. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Why, tit rabbits are great. Tit rabbits. Till they gotta be great. And then... They fall. She continued an hour into my outing at a very busy venue, wearing a very low-cut top, sporting two push-up cat flaps. I began to feel a little loose. Oh, no. Suddenly, coming away. Suddenly, my tit bunny's ears were hanging forward as they slipped off, hanging down my top. Nice. Is there photographs of this available? Wow. Laura. I'm asking for Nathan. Laura, who said it made her look like like she had had a stroke, was left with one perfect-looking shoulder boulder and and the the other other looking like a bacon hanger. Lovely. She desperately tried to press down the sticker, but to no avail, and it wouldn't stick. She added... I went to the bathroom where I decided I was going to take them off completely. Well, you can't have one off and one down, can you? 
Yeah, Bumble it kind of looks like lid. a lazy eye. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know where to look. One eye looking at you, one eye looking for you. So, so I wasn't so noticeably uneven and let my nipple holsters just hang like a couple of monkeys off a tree. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, I need to see this woman's chest now. Except the left one didn't want to budge like it all i'm in a very busy toilet cubicle trying to rip these things off my danny devitos <laughs> look right said fred have just walked in oh and i can feel my left nipple wanting to peel off with it <laughs> lovely it's worth oh. every penny i think we've all been there yes yeah, so it's a sad state of affairs we've all gone down that path <laughs> It sounded like I was giving birth as I felt all the hair I'd ever had on my chest. She's got a hairy chest as well. And, what does this woman look like? And been teased for as a teen was being ripped off my skin and my areolas were slowly removed like chocolate <laughs> rippled biscuits being ready to be dipped in coffee. <laughs> She's going to win the Booker Award for literature this year. Wow. Oh I got asked if I was okay, and though a tiny cubicle crack, I told the lady what was happening. I need a skin graft. She said, I got tape. I can help you. <laughs> After about 200 strangers entering the bathroom and taking turns trying to squeeze my boob like a hamburger into these breast bunnies <laughs> and lift them up. Like or she they, could wear a bra. Like they were deadlifters. I was <laughs> I was sticky taped like a mummy and sent on my way. Lovely. <laughs> Laura then partied on for the next few hours, laughing and <laughs> drinking the night away, believing she had gotten away with her faux pas. Wow. However, Pro disaster struck again. Yes, it comes before a fall, doesn't it? When she got into the taxi. Oh, God. I exploded out in the stickiness on both boob bunnies released from my Mary-Kate and Ashley's like a rubber band pretty much flinging the driver in the face. Oh, my. He broke his glasses. Never have I ever thrown money so quick at a cabbie and given such a gigantic tip as I was pretty much climbed out the window and yelped to keep the change while trying to hold in my Fetty Wops. Fetty Wops. <laughs> Hang on. That's a Moroccan singer. <laughs> Fetty Wops. <laughs> she ended her review by saying, so if you're wondering if the ads are true, no, they don't walk. <laughs> they don't work. They don't work. Can I suggest that My we buy... bunnies. We need some of these for next week's show, don't we? I Can think... I wear tit bunnies yes. next week? Let's let's get some tit bunnies. I'd try it. Yeah, I'm game. You can send tit bunnies to MQTA, Q -T -A care of Michelle and Heather. Lovely. At P.O. Box what? 21. P.O. Box 21. Tit bunnies our way. Invisible wow. tit bunnies. That's got to be Invisible tit Wow. Best band ever. Tennis balls in an old sock, or she's in for a shot. <laughs> you decide, go to our Facebook site for questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Dead bunnies! 
Again, I want to say a great big thank you to our Patreon supporters. Thank you for supporting the show. Every penny, every cent that you give us goes towards all of this paper and everything we have in the studio right now, including all of our platforms. So I want to thank you for that. So remember to spread the word and join us again at the same place in the same time next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Well, all good things do actually come to an end, so let us look at tonight's scores. In last place with the K2 meter and the dead battery is Nathan, who managed to score himself a resplendent zero. Nice! He gets a mournful cat and a classroom full of hysterical kids, so good luck. <gasps> with that in third place tonight is Michelle Corey, who managed to claw herself up to a four. She gets a swearing doll and two weeks in Yorkshire, so I'm not quite sure what you've done to deserve all of that. That should be our fourth place prize. In second place tonight... <laughs> Is myself who scored my dad's lucky number, which is five. I get a whoopee cushion, a hand buzzer, some black soap, and a group of funeral mourners. So there's fun Ooh. to be had there. And in resplendent first place, winning tonight's $33,000 IR Cameron scoring a resplendent symmetrical bottom heavy six is Miss Morris. She gets a boat plane and a bag of Brussels sprouts somewhere off the coastline of Austria. Mm. Thank you. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time, and I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre, and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show, and feel free to contact me anytime via our Facebook site, What Questions and Answers. With Adrian Leo, you can join my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips and now why don't you rush over to soundcloud soundcloud.com search for mq ta radio and you can hear the round of not for your mother because we're going to stay in the studio and basically deliver 25 minutes of filth wow you've been listening to mqta the only paranormal news quiz show anywhere in the world with your host adrian lee we are the very best in paranormal news radio entertainment the light before the Darkness, my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Chaton Drain, Michelle Corey, Nathan Bush, and all at the International Paranormal Society at Paranormal.net, and all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and Move of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening, and remember, be interested and interesting. Good night.